at the podcast where we review books. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Aoife, and I, Kira, talk and discuss about books that we've read. Indeed, that is what we do. Um, <laughs> it's October! It's spooky! Yeah, I got an actually genuinely fucking spooky book for this, and I would like to just, before we get into it, describe how this book came to be in my to-read pile, okay? Mm-hmm. So, friend of the pod and listener, H, is a person who studies near where I work. And so I bumped into her on the bus and was saying, I need to think of like a spooky book to read for October. And she was like, I've got the perfect book. And I was like, cool, I'll take down the name. And she was like, yeah, of course. And then the next day I came into work and she'd left it on my desk. <laughs> That's a very H thing to do. <laughs> it's kind of fair enough because uh, there was a period at the beginning of the summer where H kept recommending us stuff on Twitter and we did not actually do any of them. We didn't do any of H's books? I don't think so. I thought... Oh no, that came from Izzy. I was going to say... Um, yeah, Dreadnought was Dreadnought from Izzy. Dreadnought was from H, but that was Izzy and then backed by H. Yeah. Um, sorry, H. Yeah. We're doing your recommendation now. It's called Anna Dressed in Blood and it's by Kendare Blake. Ooh, good name. Have you been aware of this book at all? I have never seen this book before. It is recommended on the cover by Cassandra Clare, who I know, and she says it's spellbinding and romantic. And, um, is it spellbinding and romantic? It contains mentions of magic. And mentions of romance. Yeah. And therefore is true to Cassandra Clare's words. Yeah, I mean, I don't hold Cassandra Clare's word particularly highly because she did write those incest fan fictions. That is true. That is disturbing. So, October. It's my favourite season. It is... Um, Pumpkin spice and cinnamon and tiny children eating too much candy and the darkness and the concept of bats. And vampires and ghosts and witches and magic and yeah all the good stuff and the leaves and the leaves and everything's orange and purple and black and it's really good which are the gayest spookiest colors you're right you're very right i I often am often am you are often right so (laughs) um any other business to get to before we launch into this thing um no next month we're doing something a little different because both of us have guest pods on um, I'll be doing an episode with Orly, who is my housemate and also a great mate. And we're going to be doing the night circus. I'm very excited about it. Mm, and I'm going to be doing an episode on a very niche indie book you might have heard of called Twilight by Stephanie Mayer. Mm. Um, so my friend Michelle, who briefly co-hosted a podcast with me about the Twilight um The Twilight series, which we may resurrect at some point, who knows? So, what I'm, I think that you're just going to have a very in-depth discussion about Twilight. Mm. But accessible to newbies and people who, maybe a lot of people haven't thought about Twilight since 2011. Yeah, I only think about Twilight when you bring it up, and even then it's to be like, yes, (laughs) I have heard of Twilight. Kristen Stewart is a god. <laughs> also, Catherine Hardwick did nothing wrong. Um, Tell me about the author of this book. 
if I, you have things to say. I'm actually going to segue in from Twilight because oh. you may or may not be aware that Stephanie Mayer... Mayer or Meyer? I say Mayer, but I've heard other people say Meyer. I think the hipsters say Meyer, and since it's such a niche... Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephanie Mayer has her own film production company, and she bought the rights to adapt this book into film. And it is going to come out in a film possibly over the next year. Um, I believe some of the casting got announced, but then some of it was changed. So I'm not sure how far into the production process they are. Okay, cool. So this I book- thought you were going to be like, she bought the rights to it and it's just going to sit on the shelf because only her vampires may exist. No, Stephanie's actually lovely. It's fine. She um, is lovely. So this is called Anna Dressed in Blood. It's mm-hmm. by Kendare Blake. It came out in 2011. Kendare is an American author. We're in author talk now. She was born in Seoul in South Korea, but was adopted by American parents and raised in America. She studied in America and the UK. And I believe she now lives in Canada with her Ooh. partner and several dogs. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she has several of them. Yeah. So there's not super much about her online. Um, one thing that... I made a mistake, okay? So I was reading this book (laughs) and I was quite enjoying it. So I flicked to the about the author and the last line in the about the author is she enjoys girls who can think with the boys like Ayn Rand and boys who can scare the morality into people like Brett Easton Ellis. Oh. No, I've never heard of Brett Easton Ellis. No, he's not good. No? We don't like him. And Ayn Rand... Yeah. Brett Easton Ellis wrote American Psycho and also wrote other things, but his most recent book, I think, is called White, and it's, like, short stories and short think pieces, but it's mostly him being, like, why is the world social media and like this? Um, But it's not great. It's very white cis male. Yeah. Um, so the titular Anna Dressed in Blood is the child of Finnish immigrants and a lot of the magic systems in the book kind of borrow from different traditions around the world. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, I'm just going to give a few content warnings. This is an october book. Uh, it, it includes like violent murders in a lot of gore. I'm not going to like describe it as in depth as the book does, but just to explain what's happening, there's some gore. Um, there's also implied sexual violence experienced by one of the characters in the past. Uh, there's the loss of a parent. There's some psychological horror elements and hauntings and stuff because there's ghosty stuff. So if some of that is something that like you don't want to have in your ears right now, I know spooky podcasts can actually be more difficult to deal with than spooky movies sometimes because you're just walking around your day <laughs> and the spooky thing's happening and you're like, oh God. So, you know, um, check in with yourself. If this episode isn't for you, we won't blame you. And come back later. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to tell you about Anna Dressed in Blood. Tell me all about Anna. Why is she dressed in blood? Is she dressed in blood because is it like um, like a ghost thing where she's all in blood or is she a murderer? Do, both. Um, Ooh, do you want to get a murderer ghost. Do you want to get right into it then? Yeah, go for it. Tell me the story. Okay, so our main character, a point of view character, is called Cass. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's Theseus Cassio Lowood. 
Um, so his parents met when they were in college and his mother was like, I am a Wiccan. And his dad was like, oh, I'm also a Wiccan. But was like, his dad not a Wiccan? His dad was not a Wiccan. His dad was from like a long line of ghost hunters who have okay. a special knife that's like blood bonded to the family line so that they can kill ghosts with it. He refers to it as his athame, mm-hmm. which is a term used within Wiccanism, like some branches of Satanism, occultism, witchcraft, uh, to just describe like your special knife your sacred knife it tends to have a black handle and it they were initially used by the hermetic order of the new dawn for like banishment and protection so Kendare's just taken that and made it like a ghost killing knife cool so well like it is his special knife it's just that his special knife kills ghosts yeah like it does a very specific kind of banishment and protection which is protecting you from the ghost by banishing it <laughs> So uh, in this book, magic is odd where like it definitely exists, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's treated exactly like in our world. So Cass's mother is a Wiccan. She sells candles infused with essential oils and she like collects herbs and like dries them and puts them in little pouches and she sells these at markets and like people buy them and then other people don't buy them because they think it's kooky and weird but it all actually works okay and there's actually ghosts and stuff so people in the know know it works but also it has like this reputation of being silly silly yeah that's not the word i want there's also a hierarchy like um Cass's mother is described as a white witch Mm -hmm. and like some other characters kind of like are a bit pejorative about her they're like oh yeah she does like her mail order crystals or whatever but like there's another character we meet called Thomas he's psychic and his granddad is like a much more powerful much more powerful like he studied in I think Louisiana under like a famous witch from down there who used kind of like voodoo and so I believe it was voodoo. They mentioned it. Voodoo, uh, voodoo. Those are two different things. I just, when you say voodoo, you say voodoo. Voodoo, voodoo. Are you trying to reference the thing? <laughs> this Mexican wave is not going. Like, I am not taking this off. I don't, I don't know, but you said it, and I was like, I have to say voodoo now. Like, when someone says 69, and then you say noise. Okay. <laughs> That's not a thing I do. 69. So he studied in Louisiana and learned uh, voodoo. Yeah, so like his practice involves much more like chicken feet, black candles, and it's implied to be like much more powerful. Is it because of the darkness? Kind of, yeah. The devil. Yeah. Mm. But it's all like also in the book they're like, well, you know, voodoo is just Afro-Caribbean witchcraft. Like it's all kind of the same thing. But it there does seem to be like well this community's rituals are more powerful and this is trying to tap into this thing but less effectively but um Cass isn't a witch he doesn't have any special powers other than killing ghosts Um, which isn't a special power it just means that he has the knife I mean yes and no like other people try to use the knife and it doesn't work as well well because it's tied to his okay it's tied to his family so yeah okay fair enough and does it only just like half kill the ghosts if someone else uses them? I do they like 
See, but, someone tries and it does. It doesn't really work, but it does work a little bit. It's like they become paler. They like they're injured, but like we're like Cass doesn't just like touch them with the knife and they're dead either. Like he has to fight and subdue the ghosts and like win and do killing wounds. And it's like every wound just seems less effective when someone else is holding the knife. Okay, fair enough. So uh, Cass has been hunting ghosts for about three years now. He's 17. Um, His dad died when he was seven on a ghost hunt. So is someone teaching him if his dad is dead? I mean, his mother is around, but she doesn't like that he does it. And he also has like a family friend who lives in London called Gideon, who's kind of like their librarian, mm-hmm. um, where he's like when they need a ritual for something, like he's the one who's like, well, you could probably use this and this and this, get your mother to order in this and I'll come back to you with like a chance that'll work. Yeah. But Cass just kills the ghosts. I think he's kind of self-taught. But he has built up like a network of informants and some of them are from his dad and some of them aren't. So when we first meet him, he's like killing a normal ghost. And what happened was in like the 60s, there was some teenager who was like working all summer to save up enough money to buy an engagement ring and to marry his girl. And then he was hitchhiking back to Florida and he told the person whose car he was in his plan and then the, that he had so much money on him and then the, the hitchhike e killed him killed him and dumped the body that's, so that's very bold very so bold of him. now the ghost like haunts that stretch of roadway and we kind of see Cass's usual method where he like he had to work all summer like doing yard work for this old guy so that he could borrow his car because like this ghost was not would not really interfere with every car or just yeah. some cars but like if you picked him up he would like ha- be nice and have a normal conversation with you most of the way and then he, well, as he would you, turn on you yeah as you approach the place where he'd been killed he would like rest the wheel out of your hands and like push you both into a ravine so there this is how ghosts usually are where they're like a little bit sentient but they're mostly stuck in a time loop of their traumatic death Okay. And they're often just people who something really bad has happened to. It's not like they were bad people in life. They now died they're... in a traumatic way and now they repeat that trauma over and over in a cycle. Yeah. Until they are freed by a ghost killer. Yes. So Cass doesn't know where he sends them. But he thinks it's probably better than what's what? happening right yeah. now. So uh, we see him finish up that hunt. And then he's like, the next ghost I'm going to hunt it's the one I'm real excited about other than the one that killed my dad it's the one I think is going to be the final test of my skills that I'm doing good is Anna dressed in blood and he hears about this from a character I wish we knew more about who's called Daisy mm-hmm. and he's a bartender in New Orleans and Cass is like New Orleans is such a great city it's so fucking haunted I can't go there they get really mad at me the ghosts or like, the people? Everyone. Because he's like, I only kill ghosts who are hurting people, but they they sense my knife and they don't like me. That's fair. Yeah. I would also not like a person who killed librarians, but only librarians who don't help people to the best of their ability, but I could sense that they did that. I love your allegory. <laughs> 
Um, is it because you think that you on a bad day could not help someone to the best of your ability, much like a ghost might murder someone on a bad day? Well, no, because if I was having a bad day and I helped someone, but not like as well as I'd, I would help them on a good day, I still help them to the best of my ability in that moment. That is very true. So if a ghost murders someone, but like sincerely, that's fine. No, my thing is that ghosts shouldn't kill anyone. Okay. Um, and librarians should always be the, helpful. And librarians should always help people to the best of their abilities. Okay. In that moment. Yes, that is fair. I, I just love that you were like, what? So ghosts but I would not are... like, if someone came into my library and was like, I kill librarians and I could sense that they killed librarians that don't help people to the best of their ability, I would still be like, I don't think you should be in my library. <laughs> okay. And I, I think that you should leave. Like this person, like like how the people and ghosts of New Orleans are like, we're not a threatened by you directly, but we don't think that you should be here. Like also you might get the uh, the wrong idea about one of our librarians. Yeah, and so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Cass sorts this ghost and they drive north to Thunder Bay, which is a place in Canada. Mm-hmm. And he's got this really down to a T now, the moving thing. Because his mom's business is like mostly mail order stuff. She just sets up wherever. So she's okay with traveling as he hunts ghosts. And like for someone who doesn't love what her kid does, she was very supportive of it. Yeah, I think the kind of birthright blood bond knife thing i mean he is still a minor yeah you could be like you can do your blood right but when you turn 18 and it's america so 21 she is like you gotta finish school first get yourself a degree in arts or business and then you can hunt ghosts to your heart's desire she is she spends a lot of time like so college you could go live in london with gideon there's definitely enough ghosts keep you busy for three or four years in london how about new orleans and he's like not new orleans she's like okay okay how about la lots of ghosts in la i love this mom (laughs) she's very good and like every time he comes in from a hunt she like takes his knife and like cleans it off with rosemary oil and like sets it in a jar of salt to sit under the moonlight so it's purified and he's like none of this does anything but fine it makes it, you feel better let your mom have this she needs it in order to be okay with letting you do the dangerous thing mm-hmm. let her let her have this so one of their rituals when they move to a new place uh speaking of dangerous things is she has a black cat called Tybalt. Mm-hmm. And they like just let him into the house and watch him wander around. And once he's like, all is good, they're like, cool, no ghosts in this house because this cat can sense ghosts. Could Cass not do that? He kind of can, but he's not really psychic. So the cat can pick up on everything. Okay. So they. The cat is better at him at this aspect of his job. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like this cat. Go to build. It's a very good cat. Um, and so then his mother just like wards and seals the area against ghosts and dead things. And then another thing Cass does as soon as he moves to a new place is when he starts school, he finds the popular girl mm-hmm. because he's like, I'm here for a ghost reason. I need to find, I need to find the people who are talking about ghosts. 
And you'd think it's the weirdo kids, but it's not. It's the popular kids who are goading each other and like drinking at abandoned mines and doing dumb shit like that. Like you need to get in with the popular kid and like this, like the most popular girl always knows everything. So he starts school and he's like, Carmel, that's it, that's her. And he immediately starts like flirting with her and she's like, you should come to a party with me. Mm-hmm. And that's when shit kind of starts to hit the fan. Is it because he finds a ghost at the party? Not at the party, no. So he's like, you heard of uh, any cool ghost stories around here? Because my mom's like a witch and she's really into that kind of thing. And she's like, yeah, there's there's Anna. And so she tells him the story of there's a girl who was murdered mm-hmm. in like the 60s. And she haunts her house and anyone who goes in there gets killed. Like in the house or like shortly afterwards? In the house. Oh, that's not even confirmation bias. No, anyone who goes into the house gets murdered by her. And she's t- she's called Anna dressed in blood because like she had her throat slit on the way to a dance and she was wearing like a nice pretty white dress. Oh, and now it's all stained in blood. It's completely soaked in blood, so it's like red and dripping. So she's called Anna dressed in blood. That is some smartness yeah so Cass is like this hunt is going great so far unfortunately he's also failed to calculate the fact that Caramel being the most popular girl in school Mm -hmm. has a very recent ex-boyfriend oh who now wants to like get him yeah so at this party has this never happened not to a specific degree so like he's used to handling people most of all because also another dude he he meets right off is a friend of daisy so daisy from new orleans who sent him over um kind of put him in contact with this kid called thomas who's psychic so he's also like trying to make friends with Cass, but Cass is like i'm not here to make friends and thomas is like but i can tell you who to avoid and stuff and Cass is like i can Calculate that myself. Thank you very much. I am. I am doing this on my own, and I've been doing this on my own for so long. I don't need anybody. I can do it. You'll see. So at this party, um, Cass and Caramel and Caramel's ex Mike and his two friends, Will and Chase, who aren't important. Um, are like no 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 you care about the ghost thing let's all go to the fucking ghost place we'll drive you out to Anna's house and Cass is like this is okay because I actually don't know where it is it seems to be that in this world there's a certain there's some kind of force that stops people from investigating ghost deaths too much okay because like anytime someone is killed by a ghost like a rational explanation is come up with um, we'll, this but comes also, in. if you don't believe in ghosts, then you will just come up with a more rational explanation. Yeah, and like the exception is that like kids and teenagers and cats and psychic people seem to like have more of a sensitivity to these things. But he's like, this is great. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to know where this girl's house is and I can do a proper scope out another day. So they go out to the house and Caramel's kind of like, girl in a horror movie like why are you guys doing this this is so stupid let's 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 not go back yeah come on chad yeah (laughs) basically and mike 
and Chase knock Cass out mm-hmm. and shove him into the house. Oh, and now he'll die because he's in the haunted house and he doesn't have his knife. He does He does have his knife. He always, oh, yeah. has, his he knife. always has his knife. But he wakes up on the floor of this haunted house with a throbbing headache and actually should probably also have content warnings for head injuries because this boy gets hit on the head so much. Oh my goodness. And he, there is what he describes as a goddess of death floating above him. Oh, he's got a crush on the ghost. Yeah, her eyes are all black, like little drops of oil. Her skin is white with black veins tracing all over it. And this is why you shouldn't get a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> while, while ghost hunting. Okay. Concussions make you fall in love with ghosts. Yeah. It's a one-to-one match. This is very true. So, Every rugby player loves a, loves a ghost. That would be such a beautiful world to live in, though. Every rugby player loves a ghost. Is it the one ghost? Is it the ghost of the dream that the team is chasing? Like, (laughs) 12 men, one ghost. (laughs) Anyway. He wakes up with a concussion and a crush on a ghost. And a crush on a ghost. So she's, like, floating above the ground and... Usually ghosts have the wound they died of, but she doesn't. Like her neck is not cut, but she her dress is covered in blood and it is dripping constantly. And her hair is writhing in the air like snakes. And she kind of like looks down at him and then looks out the window to where the lads are like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And she reaches through the window, smashes the glass, brings in Mike. And rips him in half with her bare hands. That is very murderous. Um, people generally don't survive being in two parts. He doesn't. Um, well, his his limbs are described as skittering like insects. Like he's still trying to scramble away from her. That is so cool. Even as he's in two halves and Cass is like, I'm just going to avoid the half that still has his head attached because I don't want to know if he sees this. And like... Cass is trying to struggle away, but he's still super woozy. And Anna, like, turns to look at him and she, like, seems just a bit interested, but, like, doesn't say anything. But she lets him live and leave? Yeah, so he's, like, he he's on the verge of passing out and he's too weak to, like, really do anything. And Thomas dashes in and, like, fucking drags him out. Um, and the other guys have gone. Yeah. They've run away. But you see, now what what Anna has done, right, is cleared the path for Cass to get with the girls, the popular girls. Yeah. Because now her her ex is out of the way. There's there's no um no love triangle. So really, Anna has if she's interested in our boy Cass, mm. she's really just um gotten her own way there, hasn't she? Yeah. You're, That's you're not the way the book goes, is it? There isn't really a love triangle in this. Like, clearly when Cass first, like, approaches the school, he's trying to make Carmel think he's interested. Yeah. To, like, get her to give him the information he wants. But as soon as she, like, witnesses this, she's like, cop the fuck on. I'm helping you kill this ghost. We are gonna deal with this. Uh, Tell me how you do your Scooby-Doo magic. And he's like, it's not Scooby-Doo. It's not Ghostbusters. It's its own thing. Oh, okay. I hadn't realized that she gets involved 
outside of this. I was making a joke about like... No, she's quite good. So our main characters, other than Cass and Anna and mm-hmm. the various parents, are Thomas and Carmel. And Thomas definitely has a massive crush on Carmel, but she doesn't seem to have much of an interest in him. But she is just like, well, we have a moral duty. If there is a ghost to deal with that. And that's kind of the book. Um, Very cool. So, so um... So if, for, yeah, continue, sorry. So, so Anna's kind of more powerful than any other ghost that Cass has had to deal with. And first off, he has to figure out how to deal with it. Like, first he just tries to go back to her house and kill her with his knife. And she's like, you're so dumb. And she, like, smashes him through a wall. But lets him leave again. Yeah. And he's like, oh my god, she's so powerful. And at this point in the book, there's kind of like two Annas. There's Anna dressed in blood and mm-hmm. there's Anna Korlov. So Anna Korlov is the girl who was murdered. Yeah. And she, like when Anna is in that form, she just kind of like, she sets her feet on the ground and isn't floating and all the veins are tracked and her dress is white. And she's kind of like, get the fuck out of my house. And she's a sweet innocent. She's not a sweet innocent. Okay. But she's like a human person. And Cass is like really surprised because usually ghosts don't know that they're ghosts. Mm -hmm. But she knows that she's a ghost. She knows that she kills people, but she can't stop herself from killing people. So just whenever people are in her house, she has to kill them. And she doesn't know why she didn't have to kill Cass. They kind of think it's because he was pushed in Mm -hmm. and they don't, like, he didn't choose to go in. But then also, like, she did. Because she did try to attack, blah, blah, blah. Because she did try to attack Thomas when he mm-hmm. was coming in just to pull Cass out. Because he came in of his own volition. Yeah. And she she is trapped in the house. But he, Thomas got out quick enough that she didn't get to kill him. And so they have to figure out what the fuck is up. Because yeah. this is not anything they've seen before. Um, and I'm just going to really skip around here and say they figured out that Anna's mother cast a voodoo spell on her that, and that's what keep, traps her in the house and makes her this violent ghost so they undo this spell mm-hmm. at a certain point where they get like a sacred circle of stones and Cass and Thomas and Carmel and then Will do like a ritual where they get to see how Anna was murdered and then they figure out how to reverse engineer how she was cursed. She lived with her mother and her stepfather in a boarding house. And it's implied that her stepfather was abusing her. Mm -hmm. And she like very much wanted to leave the house. And she was one, and one of the boarders in the house was a seamstress and she helped her make a nice dress. And she was gonna go out to this dance and then she was gonna run away so she could have a life for herself. But like her mother freaked out and was like, you will not leave my house dressed like this. Mm-hmm. You look like a whore. And Anna's like, I'm going and I'm not coming back. And the mother murders her and then does a blood ritual with the dress and a knife and binds her spirit to the house and makes it so that she has to attack People everyone who, who comes in. Yeah. So they undo that. Mm -hmm. and then she's just a normal ghost but she can also choose 
to be the goddess of death form. Ah. Okay, so like... They take the free will out of us. Yeah, so now she's... And Cass initially was like, oh, are you okay? Like, it must be awful to still do this. And she's like, no, it's good. I like to know that I can be safe. Mm-hmm. And there is like a little trauma realization moment where he's like, oh, yes, if I had lived through everything Anna had lived through, I would also really care about feeling safe. So at this point, everyone's like, so we kill her now? We should, we should kill the ghost, right? And... Cass is like, but she's not hurting anyone, so no. And Will steals his knife. And tries to kill her himself. Yeah, and it doesn't work. And she, like, smashes him through a wall. And the others, like, try to find him, but he'd escaped. And... Does Cass now feel like he has to kill her because she hurt Will? Or is he like, the situation was complex the situation is complex and he doesn't really want to kill her but she kind of thinks she deserves to die because she really regrets all the harm she's done and part of the ritual they do where they undo the mother's curse is that they unbind all the spirits who are in the house so she killed a lot of people so the house has a lot of other ghosts in it oh and now she has to live with them all yeah and there's like one of the ones we get to see is like a homeless guy who's like, I just wanted a place to sleep. Like, I was so tired. I was so tired. I just wanted somewhere That's to sleep. Fun. Yeah. Um, does Will kill those ghosts so that they don't have to like stay and haunt places when like they could, their spirits could just move on? Cass doesn't know where he sends people when he, he, he kills them with the knife or they're dead and he dispatches them with the knife. But um, once Will steals the knife, uh, the shit hits the fan again in a different way. Mm -hmm. So we don't know super much about the ghost who killed Cass's dad other than Cass's father was partially eaten by something that had a mouth bigger than a human mouth. Oh my god, did he get eaten by a dinosaur? A ghost dinosaur? No. A ghostosaur? No. Okay. No. That's the only thing I could possibly think of that has a mouth bigger than a human. I would have thought alligator right off the bat, but that's because this whole book has... Despite being set in Canada, a lot of the magic has kind of a Louisiana Cajun feel. But this ghost is described as having taken like large crescents of flesh Mm -hmm. out of it. So he out of him so it's human shaped it's just massive mouth and Cass is like fuck my knife god damn it where's it gone and he starts getting all these bad dreams which he always kind of had but now it's worse um where there's like someone hovering over him in his sleep and now they're like you lost the knife like how could you you lost the knife and he's like wow I'm dealing with trauma weirdly I guess Is, is his dad haunting him and the cat keeps pawing at the attic door. And there's just a lot of shit happening like this where you're like, oh God, none of you are noticing this because you've got other stuff Put happening. The pieces together, please, please. God. And um, then Will and Chase turn up dead. Ooh. Yeah, with the same 
scars that his dad had yeah like these big crescent mouth marks and then oh it's i can't describe it in a plot logical linear way so they they find out they find willand chase dead um he still can't find the knife so him and carmel go to Anna's house and now Anna's unbound from the house which they can just take her with them wherever and they try get okay first of all they go to Thomas's where they leave Carmel and and Cass and Anna alone go to Cass's house which is bound so dead things can't come in Mm -hmm. so Anna has to stay at the door and Cass goes into the house and his knife is there on his bedroom pillow. Oh. And this is the place where we meet the Obeya man. And this is a thing I've kind of big problems with in this book. Because, okay, do you know anything about Obeya? No. I had to research it as well. So it's another Afro-Caribbean witchcraft religion mm-hmm. where uh, there's an idea of like communicating with spirits and stuff. And like it does have a little bit more of a reputation for being dark and evil than like voodoo does. But obviously voodoo still has that reputation. But within this book, like Thomas's grandfather does make the statement that like, Uh, Voodoo is just Afro-Caribbean witchcraft, the same as, like, Cass's mother does. But Obeya is different because witchcraft is about channeling power, Mm -hmm. but Obeya is just pure power. Okay. And this is also what people were saying about Cass's knife before. That his knife was pure power? Yeah, so Cass's grandfather... Sorry, no. Um, Thomas's grandfather who is like a really cool character he's just this like old hippie guy who's like slightly stoned and is like I've seen some shit and I have to look after my nerdy grandkid but I've got a like secondhand shop and I do arcane rituals in the back nice he's like a biker but he's like a biker herbalist pagan priest it's good I like this old man you and him would be friends probably yeah so he's like, the difference is that like the knife is pure power and Obeya is pure power, but like witchcraft and voodoo are just about channeling other power that's there. But I'm, I don't like what they, the way they've handled it. Cause when I was reading it, what I thought was going to be was because there was like a blood bond with the knife and mm-hmm. the family, like once you've killed a certain amount of ghosts with it or something, like the knife turns on you because every ghost you kill absorbs power into the knife. Ah. And that's where I thought it was going because I thought these crescent shaped cuts were going to be from the knife. And Cass has mentioned before that like, oh, like I'm even better at ghost killing than my dad. Like I'm starting earlier, I'm going harder at it. Like, I've probably killed more ghosts now than my dad did in his career. So I thought it was going to be that he'd, like, reached the limit. And the knife was going to turn. Okay. Yeah. But no, it turns out the knife is haunted by the ghost of an Obeya user. So an Obeya man um, who the dad was trying to kill. And part of Obeya is the belief that when you eat something's flesh, you obtain its powers. 
So that's why the ghost was eating the people it killed. Yeah, so it ate Cass's dad and was mm-hmm. able to like then harness the power of the knife. Okay. And every time Cass has killed a ghost, this dude gets stronger and like he's occurring to Cass in his dreams and stuff. And the warding at the house was no use against him because he was brought in via the knife. Yeah, and the, like the knife was inside when the war- warding was done, so he's able to come and go as he pleases. And so, like, the final big battle is then that, like, this Obeya man who doesn't get a name. Mm. So, even more, I'm like, you've just dehumanized. You've, like, if you said, like, okay, this is the villain, he has a name, mm. at least you're like, there's still grossness because, like, every other good. Like, every good witch and every indifferent witch has a name. And is white. Yeah, but, like, there's also the evil witch. So, like, Anna's mother, who cursed her, is described as doing voodoo. Not, like, Finnish witchcraft. Like, voodoo. So, all of the the negative magic is tied to blackness and making... Making... Western African religions implications yeah of of being black means being evil or black magic or the the magic that is used by Caribbeans and people from Africa is in itself yeah because all of like the origins of voodoo and obeya and hoodoo and a lot of things along that line are people of West African descent Mm who have come over as slaves continuing to practice the religious traditions that they practiced at home and then they mix together a bit because they're with people from vastly different areas who have similar but different rituals and then it's all mistaken by white people to be a weird magic thing even if it's not and they're probably looking at our religious um our religious ceremonies and being like that's weird magic stuff and we're doing normal stuff yeah um and everything is misinterpreted and made bad and, and racism and power hierarchies and then in this book you get a guy who doesn't even get a name he's mm-hmm. just the obey man and so the bad guy isn't even this character who is associated with this religious ritual like it's hard to mark it down as simply a religion because yeah. it does it it encompasses a lot of aspects of spirituality and ritual and life and how to live your life like not only is the bad guy associated with that the bad guy is that because yeah. he doesn't get kind an identity separate of from the kind of magic he's using and also the other big bad in this book gets fixed like gets a redemption yeah whereas i'm assuming he doesn't he doesn't no so the final battle then is that this guy puts a curse on Cass, and thomas's grandfather and Cass's mom together have to like work to keep it at bay mm-hmm. um but like his organs are failing and stuff and it's like by daybreak um you need to kill anna or i'll kill you and so they have to like go to Anna's house and there's a big showdown where Anna ultimately sacrifices herself and like destroys the Obeya man and then Cass still has his knife and he's sad because Anna is gone and then he has to go to hospital because he's got jaundice because his liver was failing. And it's just, I find it very unsatisfying because I was hoping that 
they would be a bit more critical. Like, this knife is described as having been bound to Cass's bloodline Mm -hmm. in a time past by kind of dodgy means. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, it's a neutral object. It's just very powerful. And Cass is choosing to use it for quote-unquote good. And someone else could choose to use it for quote-unquote evil. But I thought it would be, like, I thought where it was going was, so yeah, your bloodline is tied to this knife by some powerful people who did a ritual, but powerful people who do a ritual don't give a shit about your well-being and you're fated to die if you continue to try deal with ghosts by killing them. Yeah. As opposed to like finding some other way, like his mother just guards places against them. And also like, so so if they're able to do a ritual with with one ghost are they able to do rituals with other ghosts so that they become more self-aware so that they can like choose not to kill the hitchhike the choose not to kill the people who pull over to pick up a hitchhiker like they could just they could just go down the road retrace the trauma retrace the trauma and then zip back to the start like it's still creepy if you are talking to a person in a car and then they disappear but that's not a threat. That's not a threat in itself. It does seem like Anna's like advanced state of consciousness and awareness is somewhat to do with her mother's spell. Okay. Like the other ghost we see in this book is um, like uh, the other characters are doubting Cass and what he can do. And he's like, right, just bring me to the other haunted place you know of in town. Like, I know, you know, there's a ghost story somewhere. Just bring me to it. And they bring him to a building where there had been a hostage situation Mm -hmm. and a guy had killed his wife and kid and there was like a police officer trying to argue him down and like him and the police officer like killed each other in that moment and so the ghost they find is actually an amalgam of the police officer and the guy Uh, who was holding his family hostage so like ghosts aren't the people they were in life Mm. like this is literally two people occupying the same body because the trauma is it merged their spirits yeah so like it's not and again Cass kills them but is like kind of feels bad about it because at this point he doesn't know about the obey a man so it's kind of implied that the obey a man has been like absorbing the souls of everyone he killed Mm mm-hmm and he's like, this isn't my usual way because this ghost wasn't hurting anyone, but it looks like it was hurting itself, like being constantly caught in this moment of violence with the person who killed you. Like Anna has way more awareness. Like, and Anna is a nice character. I don't, I feel I didn't get into it very much, but like she was very hopeful. Like when she was alive, she like, was very passionately interested in everything, but she's also aware when she's telling Cass these things, like, it's probably in hindsight, I'm like, making it more of a thing. Like, I was just alive. I didn't realize it was a gift every day. Yeah. But she's just like a cool person. Um, But yeah, I, I really could go on and on about the way that race and magic is dealt with. Yeah. Like, if I could rewrite it, I would do the thing with the knife instead of the obey a man. Okay. Because it's just, here is an antagonist. They're a scary other. They're a scary other, and we're not going to deal with the racial implications of what we've done. Mm-hmm. And if this was 
a one-off novel that would be fine but it exists with all the other novels on the shelf and it is not a unique trope Mm. so yeah i mean there is a sequel which i haven't read um it's like there's a chapter of it at the end like they sometimes do with books and it's just like Cass is being set up on a double date by Carmel who's like please be nice to my friend like you need to get out more and he's like I can't stop thinking about Anna so I presume Anna comes back in some way probably yeah um was the romance good it kind of was and it wasn't like I don't know how you would romance a ghost there's no development it's very much just at the beginning Cass is like Ooh, I am enamored. Yeah, she, I, I, she can't kill me and I can't kill her. Ooh, ooh, she's done all these terrible things, but also she's a pretty girl. I ooh. hate that. But, like, they have just one kiss mm. and it's kind of, like, tinged with sadness because she's like, you've walked with the dead so long that this feels normal for you, but, like, you're alive this isn't normal and we can't do this what's the time frame for the book it is over like two months or so maybe okay i'm just going from like they have to wait for a full moon and stuff like very quick yeah well i read a book recently where they're like we have to wait for a full full moon so like we've loads of time and then another character is like it's a full moon tomorrow yeah (laughs) yeah guys but like um thomas's granddad has to order chicken feet for a spell and like Cass's mother has to like acquire some five finger root or something and there's so all this... there is things that like delay the, yeah. the action and there is an investigation into mike's death but similar to like how there seems to be some kind of force that keeps ghosts and like just stops people thinking too hard about ghost things is that people are like well he probably ran away it sounds like to me like the police force is made out of vampires who cover up uh, supernatural. Oh, hauntings. like being human. Like being human. So that's essentially the book. Do you have any questions? No, my only question was about the romance. Um, if they're if they have like two months, so the the book takes part over two months. A month is enough time for a seventeen year old to fall head over heels mm-hmm. in love. Um. So I believe that. And Cass keeps, like, even before Anna's sort of neutralized, like, he, whenever he has a nightmare, like, he wakes up and he drives out to her house. Because her presence as an evil being gives him comfort. Yeah, and they, like, talk about things. And, like, while she's still under the curse from her mother, which she kind of doesn't realize is happening, mm-hmm. like, she keeps showing him, like, look at all these people I've killed. It's terrible. And he's like, yeah, but keep talking and like the house is filled with an unnatural grey light and there's all these weird things but they just keep like talking and it's nice and occasionally they like try to kill each other they bond yeah as they both communicate the only way they know how to communicate that is nice one thing I would say stuck with me like I don't know whether to put it as a highlight low light or side light they talk a lot about the logistics of driving places in this car so they'll be like Thomas and Carmel and I went out to Anna's house. Thomas drove his car and me and Carmel took my car. And then we drove back. But Carmel went in Thomas's car because they were going one way and I was going the other way. Okay, that is something that 
I sometimes appreciate in books is the minutiae like that, but mostly I find annoying. Yeah. But, like, like, I guess it makes sense because they keep having, like, three or four people going to a place. They also seem to keep having... I met up... I met... I, person A, have met up with person B and C, and then we meant to get person D, but then we when we did that, we left person be behind so now there's still three like there was three of us there was four of us and now there's a different three of us so i have to explain why there's a different three of us and then i brought if you're going to mess around like that we definitely need the logistics of how everyone is getting places yeah but it's it is like the author was just like okay so i need this character to be in this scene oh shit i need an explanation for that and you're like will has to go to training okay he's gone okay that we did skull dog raid two weeks ago and i will say that I would have appreciated a little bit more mm-hmm. in Skullduggery of how people got there. But there was also like a scene in the second book where um, Tanith Lowe is, shows up somewhere. And I'm like, I totally would have believed if Tanith Lowe just was there. That's mm-hmm. kind of a part of her character. But it is, it is like, so, someone in the editing clearly was like, you got to make it clearer how Tanit Lowe got there. Yeah. And so while in the midst of a fight, Valkyrie is just like, hey, I see Tanit Lowe's motorbike over there. Huh. <laughs> and then Tanit Lowe's appears. Okay. So um, sometimes it's sometimes it's awful. And up in like, yeah. so Skullduggery also does this thing where he's just like, nowhere to be seen. And then he just comes in a rise and saves the day. And he's just like, yeah, that's what I do. And you're yeah. like, how did you... How did you get there? He's like, I was getting a coffee. It's nothing. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what else? Yeah. So yeah, there's a, I think that you can have a mix of both. Yeah. You can have a mix of like lots of logistics and explanation and a mix of these characters are just where they're supposed to be. Yeah. It, yeah. In this book, it was just kind of jarring because there was just so much. Explanation. Yeah. It was like, not just we went to this place or like we went to this place in different cars or whatever it was like person a and b in car one person b c and d in car two and then when we got there we acquired fifth person and got rid of persons two and four like come on just a lot of people moving logistics like and this person of course has their car so we drive to their house to drop off their car because we can all be in the one car for the next oh my god no that's too much for me i'm like why can only 17 year olds drive Oh my god, because the, the driving age in America is 16. It's Canada, I don't know. I don't know what the driving age in Canada is. I assume that it's similar. Yeah. Um, what was your highlights and lowlights? I'm going to take that as a sidelight. I'm going to say lowlight is definitely how... Racism? It, yeah, how it dealt or didn't deal with witchcrafts and religions of different cultures. ethnic groups and cultures equally and mm-hmm. fairly. And I'm going to say that I really did enjoy the the descriptions of the goriness. Now, I don't love gore. Kender Blake does a great job conveying terror and horror, like with the vision of like Anna with like her eyes, like drops of oil with like massive veins that are black over her like nearly transparently white face, like it's it's good scary like it's real scary and the idea that on her first meeting with Cass she's like there is a boy in my house I am meant to kill the boys in my house don't wanna (laughs) yeah she's like 
this one was clearly pushed in. That's not fair. And she, so she kills another boy who isn't even in her house. I'll kill the boy who pushed him in. Yeah. As punishment. And the descriptions of like trauma mm. as like ghosthood is good. And how like Anna does have to wrestle with the fact that she did all these terrible things even though she wasn't really in control and like the moral debate around that is very interesting. Mm, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. But you still hurt a person. Yeah, and you're still fucked up for it. Yeah. Um, so those, I would say, is highlights and sidelights, is the moral debates and the like veins and ghostiness and like when he's fighting the ghosts who's two people in one, there's like some really like good imagery of like two mouths gnashing but they're occupying the same space but moving at different speeds and like just weird trippy oh, stuff like that so it was, very, it was atmospheric yeah cool yeah yeah, yeah um i would say they try to be funny and it doesn't work super well yeah have you seen the new it movie i haven't and i probably um, won't that's fair it is really scary and then they'll just be like a joke line and it's i really enjoyed it but i was yeah. like why did you break the tension there? It's still an American YA book, mm-hmm. which is fun and weird, where Cass will do the protagonist thing of being like, I didn't, I don't know if I'm good looking or not. I guess I'm tall. Uh, describes very good looking 17 year old boy, but I suppose only if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, I could be very traditionally beautiful, but only if you're into traditional beauty. I do have a singular mole. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Kira is like preening and like running her hands through her dark hair and staring off into space. Like a traditional beautiful boy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was overall a good book. Um, very absorbing. I, you know, liked how they dealt with self, some stuff and not how they dealt with other stuff. Cool. And so, enjoy Halloween, but also enjoy October for its own thing. Yeah. It's a whole month of fun. And it's home to some people. It's home. It's cozy. It's soup season. It's scarf season. You can wear very big, dramatic earrings with spiders and stuff on them. It's good. I do that stuff all year round, but... Um, so we'll be back on the 7th. Back on the 7th of November with a guest pod. We'll be doing The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. And I won't be in that pod, but I will be back on the 21st um, for a podcast on Stephanie Mayer's Twilight. So we're kind of keeping a little bit gothic for November. And then on December, we're going to be doing some Christmassy books, some wintry books. If you've got any recommendations for us on those fronts, please do send them along to us on Twitter at ForeverYAPod. And you can find us on Instagram at ForeverYAPodcast. Please send us your recommendations for books for December and January as well. We're taking orders now. Mm -hmm. If you want to see what we are reading, have been reading and will be reading, check out our Goodreads. Mm, Which you can find at ForeverYAPod. And of course, remember, if you really, really want us to read something, I don't recommend you drop it at my desk at work. What I actually recommend is that you follow us on Patreon. And and make a small monthly donation, which really helps us keep the pod alive and helps us afford things like mics and better sound equipment so that there isn't so many 
noises. Yeah, it's better for you and it's better for us. And maybe one day we will be able to commission an artist to make a graphic of the raccoon inside me that likes the sparkly lights. I have forgotten about that raccoon. Yeah, we should definitely get someone to draw it. Yeah, but most of all for you, it means you can make us read a book. So, um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Have a good Halloween. We will be back in November. Bye. Bye. Outro music has happened and you're still here. I think you want to follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you can find us there at Forever YA Pod. And on Instagram at Forever YA Pod. You can also email us at Forever YA Pod. And if you really, really like what you're hearing, you can contribute to our Patreon, which you can find at Forever YA Pod. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love you. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.